some of you are just joining us, just becoming a part of our family and might not know that in December of 2020, our church burned down. Uh, the neighbor next door to us was doing some work on asbestos. Evidently there was too much amperage pulled. It was an accident, uh, but the second fire in nine months and we are without a sanctuary at this point in time. I tell you that to tell you that the reason I'm standing on this platform today is because we had a fire. We had a fire, a six alarm fire. Thanks be to God, no one was hurt. Thanks be to God, the firemen who were injured a bit in the fire recovered. But now, now I'm standing on this platform because the work that we need to do to demolish our building, to clean up the site, to stabilize this place has slowed down because our neighbor, our neighbor, the one whose building is the one in which the fire began has gotten, I don't know, stingy, something about us being on her property. I'm telling you that that is a giant inconvenience. The fire's an inconvenience and that's an inconvenience. And I'm saying to you, my friends, because of that inconvenience, our amazing construction crew had to innovate. And because they had to innovate, they made a door where the glass doors were, and they built this platform on which I now get to stand. And they built stairs so they could continue the work. Nobody wants a fire, and nobody wants the inconvenience of this lack of access. But here we are. There's been an innovation because of the inconvenience. Now this fire is not my first. When I was 20 something and working for Eastman Kodak Company, I took a transfer from California back to Rochester to, to attend a one year training to learn how to be a professional photographic sales rep. Now that's called affirmative action. I know nothing about photochemistry, nothing about photo paper, but they wanted to train an African-American person to join the crew that was traditionally white men. And they did. I packed up all my stuff everything for a year in Rochester, New York, coats, clothes, shoes, boots, that painting, so I could feel at home. And what happened? The moving van went underneath some wires in Colorado and the whole moving van torched. Everything burned, except my Wurlitzer upright piano. And it was a smoky hot mess. Everything burned, everything burned in the fire. And I found myself doing what I'm doing now, filling out insurance claims, you know, making forms, checking out what was gonna be the next option. I was so sad about the fire. I didn't even wanna, child, I didn't even wanna buy new clothes. This fire, this fire causes our staff, our lay leaders, Claudia, Hadaria, Darren, Pete, all of our lay leaders are just wiped out with how much time they spend on the fire. Our staff spends time on the fire. The fire is a fire every day. So of course I find myself on this Pentecost Sunday thinking about the fire, having new thoughts on fire. Like I read this story, this is my, I don't know, 35th year in ministry. So this is my 35th Pentecost sermon. And this is the time I read the text and I hear this particular description, right? Luke is telling this extraordinary story. All the Jews of all the known world are gathered in Jerusalem for a holiday called Shavuot. In this holiday, they celebrate the giving of the law, the giving of the law. Pentecost means 50 days. 50 days after Passover, the, begin, the giving of the law. And Luke tells the story, 
it was a sound kind of like a rushing wind. Can you hear the metaphor? Sort of like a rushing wind. It was a sight kind of like tongues of fire, kind of like tongues of fire landed on all the people. And the real miracle, the true miracle is that all of those Galileans who did not speak good Aramaic, they spoke like the country poor people Aramaic, all of those guys, all of those women are standing around testifying to how good God is and they're doing it in Aramaic, but the other people gathered are hearing it in their own language. Medes, the text says, Parthenians, Pamphyglians, people from Cyrene, people from Mesopotamia, all the folks hear the good news of God's deeds of power in their own language. That means the people from the DR, that means the people from Puerto Rico, that means the people from Venezuela, that means the Japanese and the Chinese and the Hmong and the Vietnamese all hearing the good news of God's deeds in, in power in their own language. That means the black people from the whole African diaspora, Ghana, Cape Verde, <laughs> Ethiopia, and yes, here in the United States, all the indigenous people, the Cherokee, the Lenape, the Apache, all of the people hear the good news of God's love and justice in their own language. When Luke describes this supernatural phenomenon of tongues of fire seeming to land on people, he does it because he's, he's pulling on the memory of the people to whom he's writing. And they know that the word tongue and language is the same word. Tongues of language land on the people and the people are able, are able to do the translation, are able to make the word relevant and powerful because the spirit has come. Now listen, not only did he want us to get that they were getting the gift of language, and I'm talking language, not Paul's story of you know, the tongues of angels that have to be interpreted by somebody at church. I'm talking about real languages that they were able to say. That was one miracle. The other miracle was actually fire. Luke wants us to remember that God is in the fire. God is in the fire. God was in the fiery bush talking to Moses. God was in the fiery pillar leading God's people across the wilderness into the promised land. God is in the refining fire that removes the impurities from the silver and the gold and yes, from us. Oh my God, you're in the fire. I didn't say God caused the fire. God didn't cause the fire. But we are finding new things in the fire. Resilience, tenacity, the kind of ingenuity that lets you preach outside in your narthex because your crew, your team, your staff sets it up. We're finding capacities in our lay leaders that we could never have imagined. If it were not for Darren, if it were not for the legal skills of Hadaria, if it were not for the banking skills of Claudia, who knew that they were called for this time, such a time as this, to help us get through this? We're finding in the fire the gifts of this church. You, my friends, you, wherever you are, in China, in Australia, in New Zealand, I know where y'all are at, in Alaska, in Paris, on Perry Street. You 
have received the gift of spirit. It wasn't for the 12 disciples. It was for the whole community that was gathered. And you are the community. And the spirit of God has descended upon our lives. <coughs> I'm a drink. Right there. The spirit of God has descended upon our lives, giving gifts not only to the lay leaders I named, but to you too, my friends. I see you. Caring for a baby who has leukemia, I see you. Volunteering to take care of each other, I see you making phone calls. I see you doing food. I see you still working for justice. You are imbued with a permanent gift, the spirit of the holy in us and around us. When I think of fire, I think of you and I think of how we're gonna get through this together. I think of the innovations that we're gonna do. I think of the destination laid out before us that we don't quite know what it is. I think of the building plan that we're going to uncover. I think of the way you are gonna help us decide. I think of the way you are gonna help design. I think about the way you are gonna volunteer in the Freedom School and raise our kids and teach them love and justice. I think about you joining this movement because we are at an all-hands-on-deck moment, honey. This fire, our fire, might be the smallest one of all. The world is on fire. Palestine, Gaza, Israel, on fire. Yet another dead black man. Two years of lies killed by the cops on fire. The way we still can't get it to love our trans siblings, we're on fire. We're on fire. And in this fire, we need your love and your support to quench the flames and to build something out of the ashes. It's Pentecost, my love, the birthday of the church. And we know we've been burned down. And I'm looking ahead at what's new. What's the new thing that we're gonna birth together? What's the new thing that's gonna come of these ashes? What's the new thing that's gonna rise up like a Sankofa, like an eagle? What's going to be tomorrow? We're gonna make it happen together. If you haven't yet joined us, you're joining us makes a difference. It says you care, it makes you a stakeholder. So why don't you go to middlechurch.org and hit join and boom, you are in the midst of us, with us. And we'd love to have you. And if you're thinking about how we're gonna fund this rebuild, if you're thinking about how we're gonna build the church anew and keep our programs and make the digital and the hybrid physical, we're going to need your financial support. Plan to come to our congregational meeting at 10.30 on June 27th and hear all the juicy details. Thank you so much, all of you who filled out the survey. We're gonna let you know what you said and we're gonna to plan together how to be the church, the new way, God's way, in this time, hot mess time, because we can, therefore, we will. May it be so.